And welcome back into a brand new episode of For the Lead, Season 2, Episode 4. Um, there was no intro tonight, and there's a reason for that. Um, I kind of quickly want to address address the tragedy that took uh, took place this past Sunday with the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant. Um, so I kind of want to say a few things about that. Uh, much like many of you listening to this podcast right now and um, millions around the world, um, I'm hurting um, I think we're collectively hurting. Uh, I've been blessed enough to never really experience a close one to me passing, but just like millions of people around the world, um, Kobe felt like family. Kobe was one of my childhood heroes. He's made, he made a small town kid from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, he inspired me to pick up a basketball and eventually fall in, fall in love with the game. Um, so, uh, very um there's there's not a right amount of words to really put i mean it's like i have the i have the words in my head but it's just really hard to kind of formulate the right thing to say um i remember the first pair of basketball shoes my my parents bought me were a pair of kobe's on december 27 2012 um just 2 days before that i watched kobe take on Carme- carmelo anthony and the knicks on the Staples Center on Christmas Day, and um, I can remember how excited I was just to see Kobe play and own a pair of his shoes, and uh, that's something I'll, I'll definitely never forget. Um, Kobe inspired me to join a bas- basketball team in eighth grade, knowing I was going to be the only player on the team who had never played before. Um, Kobe just seemed to have a way of bringing people together in joy, and uh, now unfortunately we come together and celebrate the life of a man who never quit, who always made it a point to work harder than the man next to him, but more importantly, to inspire others to believe in yourself and let nothing get in the way of what you want to accomplish. After retirement, Kobe continued to make this world a more enjoyable place. For anyone who ever lived in L.A. or just visited, you know that Kobe's presence is felt everywhere. His, his presence is felt everywhere in the city and in the surrounding areas of L.A. He embodied what it was to be like to live in L.A. And I'm forever grateful for the memories that he's left with us, and his legacy will never die. Kobe's legacy and mama mentality will live forever, and mama mentality is a real thing. Like many of you, I have also adapted or adopted mama mentality. Kobe was a five-time champion, Olympic gold medalist, an NBA MVP, Academy Award winner, author, coach, but the greatest achievement of his life was being a loving husband and father. Life's short, and you never know when our time is coming, so I encourage you to live every day to the fullest and surround those around you with love and positivity. After all, the only thing we leave behind on this earth is the impact we were able to make on the world and others around us. So make it count. We would like to extend our deepest condolences to each and every family member of the victims affected by this tragedy. So Kobe, Gianna, John, Carrie, Alyssa, Sarah, Peyton, Christina, and Ara, may you all rest easily and powerfully in the arms of God. I love you, Kobe. Thank you, and I'll never forget you. Please pause with us for a 24-second moment of silence.
You're listening to Follow Lead with Timothy Martin and Connor Bunn. And welcome back to For the Lead. Um, I always hate to start. I, I guess we've never really had to start an episode like that, but I hate um, to be in the position to have to really speak on something like that, even though Kobe meant everything to me. I know you, Timothy, you know, you never really a you never followed basketball closely, but right. Yeah. You know, I was, um, <clears throat> you know, I kind of saw the highlights or, 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 you know, would, would skim through, you know, the sports page or, or online and, and I'd see the Kobe highlights and those types of things, but no, you know, I never really kept up with the Lakers. Um, certainly when he was playing, I mean, I knew that he was, was, um, was, was dominant, but, uh, you know, just just didn't really really keep up with it a lot, and then you know you got me yeah. into into kind of the Laker Nation yeah. um, here recently, and so you know I know when we were in L.A. we were kind of walking around looking for that Kobe statue because we were hoping or is, was it the Kobe statue we were looking for? We were looking for the statue, and we just didn't have time to make it down to the mural or to the mural. Yeah, um, and you know I um it is certainly is one of those moments. So even though I, you know, am, am you know, not going to pretend that I was this huge Kobe fan and, and all that, um, you know, but I, it certainly is one of those moments still where you will always remember where you were yeah. when you got the news. And, and for me, I was up in DC and, and, and had seen it. Somebody posted it on Facebook and I looked at the website and I was, I cl- had to click on the website to make sure it was not one of those fake news websites. And when I realized it was an actual CBS station, that's when I, um, called you, yeah, and 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 told you about it, and you, I think you had just seen it on Instagram, yeah. Um, but I mean, it's just, and then I was, you know, when I wasn't working the last couple of days, I was just glued to ESPN and and, and the around the clock coverage that they right. had, you know, during that whole thing, and oh, yeah, it's, I know, I know, it's uh, been a tough couple of days for you. It's definitely been a a big gut punch. I'm glad that you were out of town on Monday because I don't know if I. I definitely was not in any shape to do a podcast on Monday or really I, I, I don't think it would be, be totally appropriate to um, talk about NASCAR stuff and act like um, everything's all right. I just don't think I could have brought the energy for one. And I told myself after I made my post on Instagram about Kobe that I was just going to log off the Internet and not get back on for a little while as this all unfolded. Um but uh, I failed miserably right. at that. I, mean, I was it's just in human nature. Yeah, I was glued to my phone and seeing all the, you know, all the stories and all the, you know, just the whole incident un- unravel. It was just mortifying. Um, and and you weren't around. Um, I mean, you were certainly alive, but you were just very young when Dale Earnhardt died. Yeah, I was about like three. And you know, I was seventeen when he died. Yeah. So. You know, it, it, it had that, certainly had that feeling for the world of basketball. Um, but but I think what's different with Kobe's death is it seems to have that feeling for the entire world. Right. Beyond basketball. With Earnhardt's, it was more kind of about the NASCAR community. But this seems to be the whole, the whole world. I mean, I was, you know, I've been moved to do things that I probably wouldn't normally do if this had not happened and I'm, you know, not going to go into details about that, but, um, Kobe inspired, man. I mean, Kobe really made the world freeze for an entire day. If you think about it, what was going on on Sunday that people weren't talking about Kobe 
from looking on social media, it just everything I saw was Kobe, and that's the impact he had on the world. And right. um, I can remember when we landed in LA the last time we went. The first thing I said when we, when we landed was Kobe, and, uh, and I, was, I may have said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> there was there was one one name that every kid yelled when they threw a piece of trash in the trash can in school growing up, and it was Kobe. And there was a reason for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. It's and and the thing about it is is it, let's say you're you know you kind of you you're, you're somebody like me that didn't I kind of didn't know what Kobe was up to, but now I've kind of learned so much about what yeah. he's been up to since basketball and how it appears is what everybody he was poised to have a greater potential career and impact right. off the court, and of course, you know we'd obviously be remiss. And, and, and you may have said it in your remarks, um, obviously his daughter, yeah. um, which is, which is, you know, I'm a father of three girls. So what's the hashtag that's going around? Girl dad. It's girl dad. So yeah. I'm a girl dad, yeah. you know, and um, I didn't, I didn't realize until this happened that Kobe had four daughters. Yeah. And it's just. That's the, uh, that's the saddest thing, man, that Gianna was with them and obviously all the other families and, and stuff affected by this. It's. It's just a tragedy all the way around, and you know, everyone misses Kobe on the court. To me personally, I kind of left those memories of him playing um, when he retired. Um, that took me a while to get over, um, not being able to see him play anymore. Um, but I was more interested in the Kobe off the court and what he was doing for the community, what he was doing for LA, um, what he was doing for his daughter, and continuing to further the game of basketball. And like I said, make the world a more enjoyable place for people. Um, there's countless stories out there about Kobe and how he's affected the community and how he's, um, really went to bat for people when he didn't have to. And, um, you, you hate to see such a good person like that go. And at such a young age too, only 41 and, um, right out of retirement, he won an Academy Award. I mean, his, his life after basketball was just getting started. His 20, his 20 years of him playing in the NBA were nothing short of amazing, and you can only imagine what um, the next 20 years of his life had in store. And, and, and I mean, I think the thing, the, the one of the takeaways that I have, which, you know, this happens from time to time, unfortunately. And, and you, you, everybody, everybody has the takeaway at times that I'm about to talk about. But it just kind of hits home that don't forget about the takeaway. And the takeaway for me is don't take life for granted. Right. You know, enjoy the time that you have with people. Surround yourself with people that you you genuinely care about. You you have fun with that make you happy, and remember those moments that you have with them. And and you know, one of the things that that people say is, you know, everybody now has their phones and they're always like videoing and taking pictures and everything. You know, they've they've talked about how when you do that you don't really remember the moment as much because you're only focused on taking the photo of that moment. You're not really in that moment. And, you know, so, you know, think about being in the moment more and, and just trying to live life to the fullest because it doesn't matter whether you're somebody on the street. It doesn't matter if you're somebody with a billion dollars, tragedy can happen to anybody at any given moment. Yeah. And very well said, and I don't know how to, to really transition in, in a good way after this, um, after us talking about Kobe, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and transition it. Uh, we're 18 days away from the Daytona right. 500. Um, looking at more, you know, positives coming up. January has been a tough month. 
I think for everybody, for me especially. Um, but 2020 is still going to be a great year. Um, oh, yeah. And, and this is a great, um, you know, distraction to, 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 to right. dive into having fun and, and living living in the moment. Right. And, and with the NASCAR season coming up, it's I think it's the perfect medicine. Right. So, and I'm, and I'm thankful for that, too, that, you know, NASCAR season is coming up. So we're 18 days away. Kyle Busch number. Kyle Busch number. Um, it's a good number, 18. Yeah. So hopefully we see it in victory lane Let's in Let's not forget Dale Jarrett's number, too. I yeah, mean, I, you Jarrett. always seem to forget that, that Dale Jarrett created the 18. Uh, what did Bobby? Okay. What did Bobby? My driver created right. the 18. Well, what a, okay, well, what did what Bobby and Okay, and, well, they did, but my driver was the very first one who drove the 18 yeah, but interstate batteries. What did, what did Dale and Bobby do in the 18 that over Trump? Kyle. Uh, they, uh, Adele won the Daytona 500. Kyle hadn't done that. All right. How many championships he won in that 18? How many races he won in that 18? Well, he moved on to bigger and better things after bigger that. Bigger and better things. Winning a championship. Winning 30-plus races. He didn't do it like Kyle's done it, though. Oh, boy. But anyways, that, that's, a, that's a debate that could go on all day. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm excited. I mean, we're... I mean, this is this is this this is we're in the we're in the home stretch here. We are in the home uh, stretch. I, I'm dumping the car. You know, we, do we ever talk about that? I don't know that we've ever we, talked about this on the we podcast. We never talk about your piece of shit. Dodge. It's not a piece of shit, but it has this noise that I mean that it makes, and I can predict it. I can tell you on the road at the exact spot it's about to start making that noise, and it will do it like clockwork. And it's just such a concerning noise. But I've taken it in, and the people are like, "Oh, the car is fine. You just your tire tread is is just a little bit off. You probably need a new set of tires, even though the tread on the tires is like, I mean, they look like brand new tires to me. Uh, so I don't really believe that. But it makes this noise that I always feel like this. I mean, parts and pieces are going to come flying out of that engine at any moment. Yeah, we're moments away from taking flight on the interstate with that car, and and it will be weird. It'll do it for like an hour and then it will never do it the rest of the trip or the way back. Yeah. It's, it's the craziest thing. So I've pulled the plug and said, we're renting a car to drive to Daytona. I'm not, I don't want to worry about that. Which I think is smart. Cause and, and, and we're going to rent a car and it's going to break down. We have put a <laughs> lot of miles on your, Oh God, dude, that, that'd be horrible. That's what's going to happen. The car, the rental car is going to break but down. But I guess that could happen in any car. I get, you know. Yeah. But knowing our luck, the, I don't take my car, you know, just to avoid, just the the stress of thinking, and it's and it's very likely we drive my car down there, nothing happens. Uh, drive it back, nothing happens. I mean, we've taken my car to Charlotte recently, back yeah. and forth. I mean, but we'll we'll get down there in the rental car. Rental car will break down, the battery will die or right. something. That, um, that'd but, be horrible. I told you we should have flew. <laughs> but, we might uh, end up flying wherever it breaks down. Just Uber to the nearest airport. Yeah, we'll take an Uber to tell the, the rental car to come get this piece of junk. Checking our bags and. What if we're like? What if we're like forty-five minutes away from Daytona? And we're hitchhiking. We walk in a car. We're gonna put one of those like white towels in the window oh, and God. all the way up, and then we're we are hitchhiking to Daytona. They have to service those things before they lend them to you. Yes, right? the car should be. Uh, yes, the car should be perfect. I mean, so, okay. <laughs> anything failure should be user error, right? Uh, correct. All right. Correct. Well, that, that's good. So, yeah, we're eighteen days away from the five hundred. I'm getting way excited but this weekend we got we got some action going on this weekend i think a lot of people are ready for the daytona 500 but a lot of people are looking forward to this weekend um as we approach super bowl weekend that's right and uh you I know I, think what I did last year i think we're gonna i remember what we did last year we sat in your basement and we watched did it we? it was a horrible game did we do that horrible yeah it was horrible um it was Patriots versus Rams, but barely any scoring. The Patriots won. I mean, super, just super predictable. Um, but this year, I think we're going to have a great Super Bowl. 
Uh, Kansas City Chiefs versus 49ers. It's a toss-up for me. I think it's. I just want a really good game. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I like Patrick Mahomes. Um, but uh, I'm kind of pulling for the 49ers a little well, bit Well, yeah, more. I'm pulling for the 49ers. I like their quarterback, but state of California, Kobe, California. Yeah, even though even though it's Northern Cal, but yeah, and Kobe was the king of SoCal. But was, did Kobe have a favorite football team? Philadelphia. He was from Philly. Oh, that's right. Okay. There's a video of him on the internet um, when Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. And, and you know, not it. to go back on that, but so many things, and we, you know, there have been so many, like, anomalies that have yeah. happened since then, but but – Am I right to say that LeBron broke the record the night before in Philly? Yeah. Just wow. Yeah. Um, and excuse excuse us, we sound kind of rough. Yeah, I've we, been. We uh, both kind of. We both have the coronavirus. Yeah, I've been sick for uh, you know a few. Had to travel sick and 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 still still yeah. got a little bit of a head cold. Yeah, we're just kidding. We we just got a little bit of a little bit of that uh, midwinter cold going on. Just got a little bit of stuffy nose, but uh, it's all good. All good. We're gonna persevere through so it. So, what do you think the score is gonna be? I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, both these offenses. I mean, you watch the they, 49ers. You watch the 49ers NFC Championship game. Yeah, and they, they just ran right through the friggin' Packers. I mean, they just offense. like they have a running a guy that can run. I don't know. It must be right. like 50 miles an hour down the yeah. court, down the I, field. I think it's going to be a big offensive game for both teams. I think I think we're going to have the scores in the 30s and 40s, but I think it comes down to the defense, and the 49ers have a nasty defense. Um, the Chiefs' defense is like, eh, it's not really that great. But the 49ers' defense is pretty stout. Yeah, I mean, I have, a, I see two things. I, I see the 49ers potentially running away with it, but I also would like to see a game come down to the wire. Right. Um, well, the hell mary pass. The Chiefs' quarterback can he he threw an 80 yard ball off his knees. He's got a he's got Damn. a big arm. <laughs> so pretty big arm. Mahomes got a big arm. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so, um, but that leads me into my next thing. Follow us on social media if you haven't already. Twitter no- Twitter numbers are up. Our listens are up. We're doing great. And I think You're doing great. Hey, because, you've taken command of that, so, yeah, so kudos f- to you. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook, at For The Lead. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at For The Lead. And even if you want to email us, I'll be answering your emails throughout the week, for the lead at gmail.com. Um, we love the fan interaction. That uh, we're not the fan interaction. I don't want to call you guys fans. You guys aren't fans. You guys are you guys are for the leaders with us. Um, we love the interaction you guys give us on social media, and I love sitting there interacting with you guys, whether you agree, disagree with what we say. Um, yeah, and check so, the you know you're doing a lot of polls too. So yeah, I'm doing uh, a lot of polls. Interact with those polls. So uh, it, it's it's good. If definitely um, we seem to get a lot a lot of. Um, feedback on twitter and stuff so definitely turn your notifications on for our podcast on twitter so you know when we tweet and put out a new episode you'll be the first one to see the tweet and uh you can go ahead and listen to it listen to this episode today was almost uh as we're talking about daytona too it was like christmas for me maybe well, that the biggest was, nascar christmas present i've ever got. that was gonna roll me into my next point you've probably attained the best shirt anybody's gonna i don't know my my shirt's pretty good but you probably attain the best shirt anybody's gonna see down in daytona uh, exactly um and not, there's also a jacket too i mean this is like a 1980s something daytona shirt and a 1980s i don't know how daytona much use jacket. the jacket's gonna get in florida uh, right but i'm taking it just in case but i'm gonna go on right now on the for the lead page and retweet that that tweet that i put out there so if you want to go and check this out check out this um, yeah, so while you're listening right now, go to our Twitter page at for the lead and check out Timothy's yeah. new acquired I mean, this Winston is just, Cup jacket. Oh my god, this is I mean, I get like excited even looking at it. I mean, this yeah. is and and I'm going to wear 
I'm going to look like a NASCAR official because I'm wearing these white tight pants with Do they it. have white? We got to get you new shoes before that. You can't wear those Clarks to the 500. You can't roll up to the 500. I feel like Clarks. I got to wear like... Um, you got to wear white like, shoes. Feel, <laughs> That's what they wore. The officials wore Don't white shoes. Don't you have shoes. some white shoes? Do you have some like low white... Do you have any low white... Not the Converse, but no. like a low, low um, ankle white shoes? Other than my Vans, but I... Uh, I don't know. You know, look good with those uh, the checkered flag vans. Wouldn't they? Would that look good with that? That would that would fit. That would be the perfect. Wouldn't they that? got a van store down. They're only fifty bucks. I'm gonna. I might have to buy them. We'll, we'll have to hit a van store down in Daytona Beach to and uh, get you some checkered vans. I mean, you can wear those checkered vans to all the races. I just need the temperature to be comfortable. Where if I'm wearing tight white khakis, I'm not gonna like just. Be well, I wore pants last year. I was fine. Did you? Yeah, I was fine. I, that picture right oh, there, I was I wearing wear the pants. Maybe I, was I wore the, pants too. I don't remember. Yeah, you were wearing blue jeans. Okay, well yeah, then, yeah, we were fine. Um, um, but that that leads me to another thing. I whenever we before we go to a race, I can never figure out what shoe I want to wear. A because it's like, okay, what pair am I willing? To, you know, they're gonna get dirty. Right. I've got and, and I've got two pair of the same Clarks. Yeah. One that to get dirty and one that are really and nice. And two, what? Excuse me, my my voice cracked there. I'm battling this cold. Two. Is you know what's gonna be comfortable comfortable enough to last me all day because we do a lot of walking at the races, and I've been like looking online just to get a pair of shoes that I can kind of wear around, not really have to worry about getting dirty, and that I know is gonna be comfortable. So don't they have like van, the checkered flag vans at like the mall here? Yeah. Like, couldn't I get them before? Are they fifty dollars? Yeah. I could get them before we even go. Yeah. Um, I just thought you know down in Florida be festive thing. I mean, aren't we gonna hit the outlets anyways? Well, yeah, yeah, but uh, oh, you're right. But are we going to hit them before we go to the uh, Xfinity oh, no. race? I don't know. We're we're, we're really going to have to plan out our trip. We're getting kind of sidetracked here. I know. There's so much. It's going to be a very busy time yeah. leading up to Daytona. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all coming very quickly. Yeah, it's always – it's got to be the busiest time of the year. and um, But it's also the most exciting, you know. It's, you know, new paint schemes and... And they just keep coming out by the day. Yeah, the I hype mean, around these it. new sponsors are coming really, into the sport, it yeah, seems Yeah, I can't like. really... We'll, and we'll hit on that a little bit later, but it's hard to hard to catch up on. But uh, another thing oh. happening this weekend, Super Bowl is Sunday, but before Sunday, um, we got to get to Friday first. And uh, Friday is the Hall of Fame induction ceremony, a.k.a. Yeah. the Joe Gibbs racing right, uh, exactly. induction ceremony so uh i guess we're gonna hit on uh i mean going in this year so you got joe gibbs going in you, you got, got joe. the hall of fame coach the hall of fame now car owner which by the way i've recently started his book it's great for the first and, two and, chapters and it's great we need to bring mine down here and put it on the table now, where is it uh, it's upstairs no. uh on on another desk but um yeah i just i'm i i, I I got, I'm very difficult to read. It takes it's a challenge for me not to actually read, but to, to sit down and actually get into yeah. a book. Um, but you've got Joe Gibbs came into the sport in 1991, uh, kind of a up and down year there with Dale Jarrett. Um, so a lot of people think oh, he won the Daytona 500 in '92. That was the start of, of, but they actually started in '91. Yeah, kind of just got their bearings. Uh, went out and Dale Jarrett passed Dale Earnhardt side by side. If you haven't watched the last five laps of the 1993 Daytona 500, it's just great. And Dale Jarrett side by side with Earnhardt coming to the white flag. Jarrett goes into the lead, wins the Daytona 500. Maybe I think is the greatest call of any race ever in the history of NASCAR. His dad up in the broadcast booth, the Dale and Dale show. Um, and then obviously Jarrett left. Bobby Labonte came on board, 
couple years later, Labonte went on to win Joe Gibbs' first championship. Bobby Labonte going in the Hall of Fame. Tony Stewart comes on board. They start a second car. Tony Stewart eventually wins two titles yep. with Joe Gibbs. And then, um, you know, obviously uh, titles with Kyle Busch. Two more titles with Kyle Busch. Right. And uh, all this, right, that's the extent of yeah. Nobody else have won titles. Nobody else. Um, I mean, in more Daytona 500s. I mean, you've got Denny Hamlin who's won two Daytona 500s. That's it, really. Uh, so he's got three Daytona 500, Shane right. Gibbs does. And, I mean, uh, the, the the powerhouse now of NASCAR. I mean, Rick Hendrick, sure. Rick Hendrick is no – Rick Hendrick has the better numbers. Hendrick is in a, re, is in a rebuilding stage, right. though. They're, they're certainly not dead. They're just re, re-equipped, and every team goes through that. Um, but it is no question that Joe Gibbs runs the garage area. Right, and Hendrick had about 10, 15 more years to build the numbers that they had. Right. And um, – I mean, Joe Gibbs is the powerhouse. Of yeah. NASCAR. And I don't think it would have happened without Toyota coming on board. Absolutely. Um, that had that played a huge factor in it. Um, but also the leadership that he had around him, obviously his son, J.D., the drivers that he mostly, they mostly made really good decisions on drivers. Well, that they had a couple, maybe it's just one. Actually, it's two. Yeah, Eric J- Jones? No, 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 no. Um, hmm. J.J. Yaley yeah, in the 18, Bob. Jason Leffler in the ele- and RIP Jason Leffler, but yeah. not a good, not a not a Cup driver, that, not that, a good Cup that driver. Was, that was the experimental years for mm-hmm. for Gibbs, um, but it's also been the people that he surrounded himself with in the organization. Uh, much like football, it's you know it it really starts in the front office, and I think Gibbs has brought that approach to racing. I mean, you think of the guys who've who've been in the front office for Gibbs. I mean, you got Joe, obviously. Um, JD was the heart of the team until his passing. Um, but you know now you have Dave Alpern, the ta- well, the team president, and I mean he's and you also have somebody by the name of Jimmy Maycar, who was Dale Jer- is Dale Jarrett's brother-in-law, married to Dale Jarrett's sister, was Dale Jarrett's crew chief when he started the 18 car, was Bobby Labonte's crew chief for a time, but is now vice president of something at Joe Gibbs Racing. Right. I mean they're from the very beginning, right? And you know not to discredit. Um, Martin Truex is a new crew chief. I haven't seen him. You know, nobody's seen him on the box yet. But before Cole Perrin stepped away, you can make the argument that that was the greatest crew chief lineup um, in one season on one team. Who was Eric Jones's crew chief? Um, Chris Gabe. No, not not Gabe Hart. Excuse me. Cut this out. Um, you don't know. If you don't know Eric Jones's crew chief, you can't say. But still, you got three of the four. <laughs> you got three of the four. Who I'm was? not cutting that out. Who was his crew chief? I don't know who his crew chief is either. Sorry, Eric Jones. Um, yeah, it was a, three of the four greatest crew chiefs. Okay, well. I knew when you said that, I was like, who was Eric Jones' crew chief? We still got him a win in the Southern 500. We did get so. him a win. We were there. Yeah. Um, um, anyways. But with any team, there's always one that's a little bit behind. And and that's still Eric yeah. Jones. I mean, And he's young. Always, and he's young. I mean, Hendrick always has the one car that's a little bit behind. Every organization does, unless yeah. you're Roush in 05. Right. Um, but, of course, they, none, of them won the, none of them won the title. <laughs> Embarrassing. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, and and, and, and so, we're, you know, we're talking about Gibbs, but then you talk about Bobby Labonte, who, who's his only – his success was at Joe Gibbs Racing. Right. So, he won, you know, won the championship in 2000, uh, battled Del Jarrett in 1999 for the championship, finished second, won it in 2000, won the Brickyard 400, Won a number of races, um, and then you know his career started to fade. I think he went to the forty-three car after that. Some other some other teams, 
didn't have any, you know, obviously didn't get a win again, but, but his success was in that 18 car. And so he's got a championship. And then of course we all know Tony Stewart um, and what he did, you know, didn't get a Daytona 500 in his career, but he got a Brickyard 400. What do you get? Two Brickyards maybe. Um, Yep. And then, you know, he did, which I think is, is very hard to do. Of course, probably would have been harder if Gene Haas, if he had to start it from scratch, but you know, went over to his own team with Gene Haas, won the championship like a year after he went over to that it was like team. Like two years after. Yeah. So, you know, and and you know, they've built the Ford powerhouse now. Yeah. You know, that's the Ford powerhouse. They were what Chevy. They were right? they were Chevy. And and so now they are kind of the top Ford team, the top Ford org. I mean, I'd, I'd say they're the top team other over Penske, in my opinion. Um, it's good good so, argument. You know. Stewart transformed from from a, a NASCAR star to a, a star owner and, and a smart businessman, and all three of those guys going into the Hall of Fame at one time. Yeah, um, it's pretty amazing storybook. Yeah, absolutely. And so you know that's going to be, and you know, I mean, none of their speeches they they can't do any speeches without mentioning the others, obviously. Right. So they're just um, playing off of each other because if you think about it. None of them would be where they are without one another. Right. Exactly. So it's only right that they play off each other and and thank each other, which you know you know is going to happen. Um, definitely interested to to listen to Coach Gibbs' speech. Um, it was an honor to listen to him talk to us for about forty five minutes here in uh, here in Salem um, a couple months back, right before the the championship. And then of course we uh, obviously be remiss if we didn't mention Buddy Baker going Buddy into Baker, the Hall yes. of Fame. Now for those of uh, newer fans, Buddy Baker was a uh, 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 you know, big star back in the day, a grinder. I mean, he was a, you know, he was a, a rough and tough racer. Great guy. And I remember Buddy Baker from the broadcast booth on TNN and TBS and, and CBS um, with Ken Squire sometimes, with Ned Jarrett and, and uh, with Eli Gole and, and Dick Berggren on TNN. I loved Buddy Baker in the broadcast booth. He was he was kind of he was a gem, just like Benny Parsons was a gem in the broadcast booth. Because I don't remember Benny racing, but um, and obviously uh, you know we lost uh, Buddy Baker a while ago to cancer, I believe. And then Waddell Wilson um, going into the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah. So a, a huge uh, congratulations to those guys, yeah, and their families. Um, so who's, I wonder who's going to go in. When the when do they do? Was it April, May, May? Because um, we were we were in a we were in an Uber in Houston, Texas when they announced. Oh, were we uh, really? Yeah, because you you told me, and we were in we were in an Uber in in hot, humid Houston, Texas. You must have just got done like skateboarding at that. No, we were on our way, but it was during our seven hour layover when yeah. we went out when we went out to Sam's and the crackhead shook my hand. Oh, that was on the way back. Yeah, that was on the way back. Oh. So it was like right before All Star Weekend. It was oh, okay, like right before it is. Um. All-Star Weekend. Yeah, All-Star Weekend for Cup. No, because we watched the All-Star race. Yeah. Uh, in, oh, in excuse me. Um, right before the 600. <laughs> this is like so beyond the point. I'm getting jumbled. Um, but like um, I said, I'm, I'm glad that? This, I'm glad oh. we didn't do this on, on Monday or yesterday. Right. Even yes, even yesterday, I'm sorry, we're, we're going to be tying in Kobe the whole rest of the episode. I, I'm sorry. Um, but even yesterday, I on Tuesdays, I go in and I am um, a, a part of a you know radio show. Uh, here in Roanoke, and yeah, so I was just energyless yesterday. I felt I felt like such a liability to to the guys yeah, in there. I just didn't have any energy to talk yeah, about it's, anything. It's hard. It is very hard to um, you know get excited right. when the when the mic cuts on when you're not really not really excited. But um, who's going to go in? Dale Earnhardt Jr. is eligible. 
That's right. So Junior is eligible. I think I jun- don't I th- know. I think I think he'll go in. I think he'll go in. They're sometimes stingy about that, though. Yeah, I mean, that's, but I think he'll go in. I don't know. I mean, how long did Tony Stewart have to wait? Or was he eligible and then he went in? He was eligible because he, he retired in. in 16, 17, 18, 19. I mean, certainly Dell Jr. didn't win a championship. No. Didn't get, didn't, I mean, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head how many, the head, don't know how, top of the head. I don't know off the top of my head how, <laughs> how many. Uh, that Winston Cup shirt has really got you is. talking like I'm a I'm going to talk like that all day. You know how in New York you were Donnie. Yeah. I'm going I'm 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 to talk about, I'm going to be a. Did people tell you have a Southern accent? I, I was in. Uh, yes, so I was at, in D.C., and and somebody was talking to me about my accent, and they were like, so you must really be from the South. And I'm like, from I was like, I'm from Virginia. And they're like, well, that's just right down here. I'm like, yeah. Um, I, don't, I have a couple friends who go to school in northern Virginia, and when we linked up uh, over Christmas break, they, like, I would say something, they would repeat it in, like, a well, thick southern remember, accent. Um, I was like, remember when we were in Vegas, Darian was was making fun of yeah. how, how you yeah, were talking. Like, he was like, damn, you're um, all southern. Yeah, you I was can, like, I, sometimes I can hear it with you. And, and I, you know, I did broadcasting and, and all that, so I can kind of go into that broadcast voice. Yeah. Where I, but then I get on this, and I get kind of like, you know, really country. To, to me, I don't, because I'm from North Carolina. And if anybody, if you're listening no, and you're you, from North you, Carolina – you know, there's a North Carolina accent. You don't. I, you don't. There are just sometimes you'll say a word yeah. every here and when you get kind of lazy with your words. Yeah. Uh, you know that'll be. Um, but yeah, it's like uh, what, what, but what was I talking about? It, head. If you're head, from if you're from head, North Carolina, head. you you know there's an. I mean, my my cousins who live in North Carolina, they like they they can't say phone like phone. They say it like phone phone and like jeez oh, like I don't know. It's just the way. Yeah. If you, if you know, you know. It's one of those situations. You know, well, there you go. I think you just said but, you know. You know. But then um, they're like, oh, God, you have a southern accent. I'm like, I do. I don't know. Yeah, some words, some words at sometimes. Yeah. And uh, you know, I try to, I try to be. I actually am kind of cognizant of it when I'm like talking to people in a public setting. Um, so I try to. I try to not do it, but here you kind of are just so conversational and you're kind of, it happens when you don't really think about what you're saying and when you I'm just are talking. excited about talking and you've got something yeah. on your mind. And now I've completely know. lost. Why did I say that? I don't know. Why I, did I say that? I even, I even say like, I even catch myself saying y'all a lot and I've never really said that a lot. I don't know. So, <laughs> but the people who sat beside us at the 500 last year from, one was from Ohio and the other one was from Canada. So like, I really sounded like a, like a country. Oh yeah. Well, I them. think so. I think we both do. Well, you can tell you're from the, you're from the South or something when, the, you know, when we're, you're from somebody like in California or somewhere. Yeah. The guy, the guy who sat beside us, he had the binoculars. He's like, Hey, you want to, you want to look, I could see everything fine. He was like, Hey, you want to look through these, see the backstretch. And I looked through the, the sucker. I saw a damn Cuba. That's how far you could, you could see through them damn things. <laughs> Things. I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right on these. Uh, okay, so he was nice. Uh, let's see, Junior won. He got two Daytona 500s. Yeah, um, and carried the sport after his Xfinity dad champion uh, too. Xfinity champion, that. yeah, a two-time Xfinity champion, two right. Daytona 500 championships. Um, you know, had those magical moments in NASCAR. The first driver to win coming back from 9-11 after they canceled the race. Yep. Won at Dover. One returning to Daytona after his dad had died. I mean, those magical moments Junior was a part of. So, um, you know, absolutely he is deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. He is the voice of NASCAR, in my opinion. Um, he still speaks heavily, I think, for the drivers and the fans of the sport. So, I mean, it seems like when Earnhardt says something, I think NASCAR is listening even more than they are to the drivers. So, 
Um, and I don't know who else is going to be on the on the bat. I know there's all kinds of names on there. I think like Ricky Rudd on there. I want to see Tim Richmond get in the damn Hall of Fame. What are please, we waiting on there? Please, please, not even on the ballot. If somebody though, from NASCAR think. is listening to this podcast, like, which why I know are they you not are. Putting Tim Richmond on. Yeah, there? if somebody from NASCAR is listening to this podcast, which I know you are, because we are NASCAR's number one podcast, and that is backed by factual evidence. And we're we're not sitting in this five five star studio with with trophies everywhere for nothing. Right. Um. Please put Tim Richmond in the Hall of Fame. I don't, and I don't think he's on the ballot. He was on the ballot at one point, but I don't think he's on the ballot right and now. That's a shame because we have guys like Greg Biffle, and no, no offense to Greg um, Biffle, we, lo- we love Greg Biffle. <laughs> he's we, been on the podcast. We were able to talk to Greg Biffle in Charlotte. No offense to Greg Biffle, he's right? Damn good driver. Some but, drivers just know they're not going into the. But Hall it's of like, fame. come on, and that's like putting Kyle Petty's name going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I mean, hey, I wouldn't like, put it past him. I mean. See, I don't even believe Carl Edwards should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, I don't. Did not win a single big race in his career. I mean, he, he won, won the Darling, Coke 600. He won Darlington. Won the Coke, I don't know. Did he win the Coke 600? Um, yes, mean, he did. That was his first okay, one with he Gibbs. He won the Coke 600. He won the Darlington. I mean, so Brian Vickers or, or David Rudiman won the Coke 600. I mean, give me a break. I mean, Carl Edwards... Ran top five in the points, almost won some championships, but he's not a Hall of Famer he, to me. He he's not. He's not a Hall of Famer to me, and that that's no knock on Carl Edwards. It's just we got to be particular in who we put in the yeah, Hall of Fame. We you, have the Hall of Fame for a break, reason. Break it. I mean, you cannot. I'm actually, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, I am surprised that Bobby Labonte is going in this quickly. Um. Um, I know he has the championship, and I guess I, I mean I, I I assume the championship carries a lot of weight. I, I assume that NASCAR is looking every champion of the sport will eventually go into the Hall of Fame. I'll cap it at this. Um, I think the Hall of Fame needs to be ex- excluded to um, to an elite group of guys, um, meaning you've had to do something extraordinary in the sport to get there. Um, you know, popular. We're also talking about not just Cup Series. I mean, because not just Cup Series. Ron Hornaday's in the Hall. Yeah, of not just Cup Series. Um, it's not who was most popular, and I know a lot of you're going to be like, "Well, you said Junior is, but look what Junior's done right. for the sport overall." Um, in the family name for one, and he's continuing to push the sport. I mean, you can make the argument that a lot of people he's made NASCAR a lot more relevant the last couple of years with his broadcasting skills. He's arguably the best broadcaster we have. He is. He's um, the most energetic. He's the most down to earth. I mean, he is. He's. He doesn't mind his country accent yeah. showing when he's calling. But it says. needs to be. A, an elite group of guys only able to get in the Hall of Fame, or else we're just going to let everybody in, and it's not going to be as prestigious. And I'll be honest, I don't think Ricky Rudd, his name's on the ballot or has been on the ballot. I don't think he should be is deserving of the Hall of Fame. Well, um, to to pre- to prevent these legends from beating your ass in Daytona, we'll leave it. We'll cap it at that. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a great driver, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, he he won one race for sixteen years or something every year. Be careful like how you talk years. about the rooster. Did win the Brickyard Four Hundred, started his own team, got the Brickyard Four Hundred, but I mean. I don't know. I guess at some point you're going to run out of people to put in there uh, if you if you're if you're if your eligibility requirements are so high. But back to what we were originally talking about, why is Tim Richmond not like going into the Hall of Fame? I mean, it, seems if to, we're if yeah. we're if we're putting everybody in the Hall of Fame nowadays, we're going to run out of people, and then you know these esports drivers are going to eventually well, and the racers are going to go into the Hall well, of Fame. Yeah, right. Nothing against esports. You know, we talk about Ricky Rudd, we talk about Carl Edwards. I mean, they both did more in their careers than Tim Richmond, but. I mean, but it's Tim Richmond. It's Tim Richmond, and he—I mean, he, okay, 
he you went. Know, Davey Allison is in the Hall of Fame. There's only two people. So, Davey Allison went into the Hall of Fame and didn't win a championship. Died tragically. Yeah. But you know, he went into the Hall of Fame partly because of what could have been and what would have been in his career, yeah. which is the same for Tim Richmond. I mean, if you look at him bouncing back and winning like two races after he was battling AIDS, he won like seven or eight races one year and what finished second or third in the points. Yeah. I mean, and if you were, if Dale Earnhardt were alive today, I mean, he'd tell you nobody can wheel a car. I nobody mean, can race with me like Tim Richmond because I mean, he begged NASCAR to let Tim Richmond run after the whole suspension because he's the only guy that can keep up with me. I mean, previous to Richmond's death, did anybody win Riverside other than Richmond? <laughs> right, I know. And Pocono either. And Pocono. <laughs> right. I no, mean, was I there ever so. no. anybody better I mean, no, at no, Riverside? No, I don't think um, I mean, so. It, there's only two guys I've ever known in my life um, to go one-on-one with AIDS and almost beat it and or beat it. Um, one, Magic Johnson. Uh only person to ever go one-on-one with AIDS pre um, this era and, and beat it. And, and Tim Richmond, um, you're almost there, buddy. Rest in, pe- rest in peace, Tim Richmond. But, yeah, so, um, I mean, he should he should be in the Hall of Fame. I, 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 yeah. I need to sit and look at the list of, of all, all the drivers that are not in the Hall of Fame and who is in the Hall of Fame and kind of see who I should mean, be in the Hall this, of Fame. This debate could go on forever, and I, I yeah. think I recall us having this debate we last year. We, we've had it. Um, but moving on, a little NASCAR Heat 4 update. So we just got done. We just got done race. racing Michigan. Timothy finished two positions higher than I did. Can you... First of all, though, admit that no matter what the points are at this moment, you're more competitive. This yes. is the best season I've ever had. Yeah, you're NASCAR more. Heat. You're more competitive. Um, and and really, it's the stages. And and I've had some races that I've lost laps, and I've had to gain those laps up throughout yeah. the race to finish back in the top ten. So I, I, the majority of my losses have come from stage points and not being there, and then I, I end up finishing top five, top ten at the end of the race. Right. Yes, you do have like a hundred and twenty something point lead. Um, but but usually by this point it's like well over 200 right. 300 you know and, and a dnf could could get me 40 points back just like that right um we're going into sonoma after the podcast so i'm excited about that that's a track you normally win but i have made huge gains on road courses across the board and i'm yeah. hoping that Wreckfest has helped me on road courses <laughs> on road courses so, yes well, uh, we, we will definitely see. Uh, and you're uh, in uh, you're in the 24 car. Last week, yeah, tell me how ironic. I've never raced as William Byron um, in our little career mode we have going on. But last week, some told me, you know, eh, let, me, let me switch to the 24. And um, shout out, Kobe. We love and miss you, Kobe. 24 forever. Um, but moving on into NASCAR Nuggets. I think a lot of you looking forward to this. Um, into our NASCAR Nuggets. So it's official. We kind of talked about this last week on our podcast with Darian. Oh and I didn't really know that it was unofficial. Yeah, but, I mean, because um, you were like, I'm, when you put it in the notes list, it goes like, oh, did they officially announce that? And you were like, yeah, I mean, because it's like been at, it's like, what is it's NASCAR? Like, it's oh, NASCAR's oh. worst. It's NASCAR's worst kept se- secret like, over the last uh, week. Uh, Gaunt Brothers Racing has signed Daniel Suarez to drive the 96 Toyota full time in the Cup Series beginning in 2020. Uh, here's a note, though. We'll not run the Bush class so they can focus on the Daytona 500. So congrats, Daniel. Yeah, because they have to make the Daytona 500. A lot of people are like, it's not much, but it's honest work. I mean, I'm good. I'm I'm happy for Daniel Suarez. I just, I'm sorry, but I don't care. I'm happy for him too, and this is the biggest proving year of his racing career because he's going to have a lot of opportunities. I think a lot of rides might be open after next year, and this is his opportunity to really show himself. I know he's in he's an underperforming equipment, but he's got to outperform what the equipment gives him. 
and he had the opportunity to go back to the Xfinity Series, potentially one run for a championship, win yeah. as many races potentially as he wanted to, and he gave that up to go to this team. But, but look so, at it, look at it this way: what proves more? If you're able to get, look at it this. So you get in an Xfinity car, you yeah, get in a, you get in an A grade Xfinity car that's already proved it can win a championship, and you're a previous Cup. Series driver and Xfinity champion. You get in that car and win a championship, what does that really prove to you? But if you get an underperforming equipment and you do better than that equipment, for example, yeah. Matty D, Matt DeBetterdetto, right. what can yeah. that do for you? I know. You know, that's how I've kind of had to think of it the last couple days. that I have with, with it, if I'm looking at the big picture, is it's, I think it's going to take a couple years, two to three years, for that team to potentially turn into a Levine team. So where they're actually running top 15. And if Suarez, if his goal is to stick it out and, 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 and try to be competitive with this team and then see where the chips fall after a couple years, he's going to be two years older and, and probably not have any wins. And then you're gonna have, you've got these slew of other up-and-coming stars that are going to be winning championships and winning dozens of races in the Xfinity Series that are going to be ready to take Toyota rides and other rides. So I think it's a no win situation for him wanting to be in a top car in the cup series, unless something very magical happens. You're exactly right. When you say yes, going back to the Xfinity series, how, when do we ever, when have we ever seen a driver go back to the Xfinity series and then get a top ride? in the Well, not even, well, not even really that. It's just like, think of yourself as a varsity player and you go down and play JV and you dominate. It's like, what does that do for you? What does that do for you? I I guess I'm obviously not a cup driver, not a NASCAR driver. I'm a go-kart driver, (laughs) but I would, I I would, I would be extra careful how you throw around that term. I'm a go-kart driver. Shut up. I want trophy. I would want trophies no matter where they came from. Yeah. I would have a hard time running twenty fifth every week when I could go home with a trophy every week in just the lower series. I don't mm. know. Um, uh, you know, I just uh, I don't know. But, but then you get into the battle. Do you I mean, do you value the longevity of your career? Or do you value what you can do? Um, right now in a lower series. Yeah, I mean it's just, it's a tough to say. I mean he, I know it's it's tough. I'm just excited um, to see Daniel's amigos back at the track. <laughs> Arriba, <laughs> la cucaracha. Trabos. In trabos. Um, maybe we should do a whole entire podcast one one night in Spanish. Yeah, in Telemundo. <laughs> muy bien. And muy bien. Gracias, so, de nada. Definitely would um, not. Definitely would not like to see. Uh, uh, the Daniel's Amigos off with the wind, just like my hair went this week. Hey, um, that looks great, though. Appreciate um, it. Buzz cut for Daytona. You're ready for the beach. Not quite a buzz cut. It's like a crew cut. Um, You're right. It is it, a little bit long. I, I still have I have product in it right now. Do you? Yeah, it kind of gives so it, it, it a little bit. So it is a little bit. Um, but, I mean, the pressure's already on for uh, Suarez. They don't have a charter. For sure. And they've got to make the Daytona 500. And there's more teams yeah. going down to Daytona than there are starting spots. Which I like because it's like, ooh, right. we got to win. I mean, I... Unless he wrecks in practice, unless he gets in, you know, unless he goes to a backup car, unless he blows up in qualifying, because all he's got to really do is be like the fastest of the go or go home cars. Yeah. And I think he's locked in for once they get to the twin races. I think. I mean, if he goes out and gets the pole, or if he goes out and starts, you know, gets a top ten starting spot in qualifying. Yeah. I think he's locked into the race already. So should be interesting to see how it plays out. But you hit on the Bush class. Um. 
and the fact that he's not running the Bush class. I have a little bit of a beef with the Bush class system. Clash. Clash. I think it should be strictly for poll winners the year before. And that's the and way it, it used to be. And if that means your superstars are out, so be it. Oh, you know what that would mean right. this year? Kyle Bush would be out of it. You think I'm cool with it. No, I'm, it, I'm I know. Perfectly and, cool and, with and, it. and all that is all that is is NASCAR started to see that happening and tickets were there selling. and and you know, some fans Big name drivers weren't making the races. Can you imagine doing a Bush Clash without Dale Jr. in it? So be it. Um, no, I know. Yeah, I, I know. I I'm totally just agree with like... you. But it's it's that whole. And I mentioned it last week. You know, it's why we have 16 drivers because NASCAR wants to give as many fans yeah. as possible a reason to come to the track. And it's like you know, it's like they they it's like the All Star race. I mean, it's like you. How many spots do you give to all these teams that didn't win races to be in the All Star race? It doesn't make any sense. Is if you have a valid United States driver's license, you can qualify right. for the Bush Clash. I'm going to um, go down to Daytona and see if I can qualify. Enter in that rental car, right? Yeah. <laughs> in the Bush Clash, we should uh, turn that rental car into like they did on Days of Thunder. I know you might not remember that. Remember when they were racing the rental cars to the uh, dinner I they were having, and they were they were going crazy. I want to watch that. I want to watch that movie before we yeah, head down. We should. There. Um, um, also, what I want to do is I want to get those magnet decals and slap them on the side of that rental car. Oh, we should. Oh, you know, we could probably get those at like Canada's Hobby Shop. Oh, yeah. We need to go there. Yeah, I know. What are you doing tomorrow? Um, you want to go to Canada's tomorrow? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe so. Might need to stop by um, Canada's Hobby Shop. Yeah, that would be... Or we, Yeah. Maybe they're open on like Saturday. We could go Saturday. Oh, that would be... That'd be oh, yeah. We could go, go are on they Saturday. open on Saturday? Are they closed? I know they've changed their hours. I have to look and see. Um, what was I saying? Um, uh, the Bush Clash. The Clash. Yeah, and so, um, you know, I mean, they they changed it back to the Bush Clash. They changed it back to full authenticity. Yeah, they're they're starting to they're starting to they're starting to try to go back to the roots of NASCAR. And yeah. I think, and we've alluded this in the past, twenty twenty one is potentially their chance to have a blast from the past type season which which they, they could potentially throw in these new short tracks or, or more short tracks bring the sport kind of back to its roots mm. type deal and i mean i think uh, i think I mean, dell jr would totally agree with what you're saying too oh yeah bush clash um that's I mean, actually where i stole the you if know, you have a valid oh, united okay. states driver's license oh. he said that oh, did he say that oh. yeah i mean it's like come on i mean soon you're gonna have 43 car or 40 cars running in the bush clash if that, that make any sense. if that means you have seven cars in the race. You race, um, and I've got. I'm, I'm that way with the All Star race too. It's like I don't need twenty five cars and, in the All Star. And race. they got this pitter patter twenty. They got this mid race caution, and it's like for what? Because the guys aren't going to start racing until after the caution. Because right. it's like let's just get. It should be a twenty lap yeah. shootout, and that's all it should be. And I think it should be ran on uh, Saturday night. I don't like it after the because I I like. The separate headlines day. I like Saturday night to be, you know, X1, the Xfinity class. Sunday to be X1, the Daytona 500 poll. Or here's, who's, here's who starts front row. I don't like it to be like, here's who won the poll. Here's who's starting front row. Oh, and then, by the way, we ran the clash that nobody really cares about nowadays uh, a couple weeks later. And then it's just a headline clash yeah, all in and, one day. And understand, and NASCAR, like if you're listening, we're not, like, attacking you or, or trying to, you know. We're your friends. We are trying to <laughs> to. Trying to sh- to give you a perspective of what the fans want, I'm gonna go out on this and say I think tickets to I think there shouldn't even be a prize. I think everybody should get into the All Star race for free. The All Star race or the Clash? The All Star race. We come in peace, NASCAR. We I mean, come in peace. This is, you, you, this is how you think the fans. 
free tickets to the All Star. Maybe race. not the All Star race because that's a big event. But I could see is like it a big event anymore. Is it a big event anymore? So, yeah, I come mean, on. It's is a, it a Charlotte? I mean, running. I mean, remember Brad Keselowski's setup and how debacle that race was yeah. with those, what was it, restrictor plates or something? Or those tires? Yeah. Those tires? You know, let's use our, our special tires on this. I mean, uh, you know, yeah. they, they they need excitement back. I've been a proponent for years. Bring the Winston Million back. I'm going to have my Winston shirt on at Daytona, and I'm going to have a sign that says, Bring the Winston Million back. You want to get fake million-dollar bills? Oh, <laughs> oh, yes. I need those. Throw them I, around. I guarantee you they are on eBay or something. Oh, you, they're everywhere. Just million-dollar bills out to everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyways, putting a cap on that. So you know where we stand. We both stand on the Bush the Bush Clash. There's not many times where we agree on the same thing, but we do we do stand uh, on the same level as that. And I know, I know a lot of fans out there do as well. Maybe you do, if you're listening to this podcast right now, maybe you agree with this, disagree with this. I would love to hear what you have to say. But uh, moving on to our next bulletin point, Brendan Gaughan is set to run four races this year, including the Daytona 500 to cap off his NASCAR career. Good for Brendan. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I was hoping to see him in the 500. I'm going to make a bold prediction that he wins the Restrictor Plate Championship. Uh, I would not put it past him. He's going to score more points in Restrictor Plate races than any driver this season. I love Brendan Gaughan. I mean, he could have won Talladega. He was going for the lead, and they said, no, you're not. He was up and and over. He flipped in the lead. Yeah, I love Brendan Gaughan. Um, I'm Uh, glad he's running the 500. That car has some speed on Restrictor Plate races. That thing thing is arrowed the out. so good for Brendan Gaughan. It's going to be sad to see him go and never run. Uh, I guarantee you season. there's going to be a moment. He's going to be in the top five of the Daytona 500. Well, yeah. I mean, if they got a good car. Yeah. I know that car they loved, they got wrecked. Um, but he's going to be in the top five at some moment in the Daytona 500. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We, lo- we love to see Brendan Gaughan. He's a great personality in the He's going to get the pole for the 500. Um, I think it's going to be um, William Byron. I think the 24 is going to get the pole. Oh, or William Byron is going to get the pole or start we, on the front row. I think we predicted this. Um, we predicted this a couple weeks ago. No, we, we predicted this last year. I think William Byron and I think um, I think Cole Custer. Really? Yeah. Ford? You think Ford's going well, to be fast in qualifying? Or you, no, you know, actually. You, I you always think Toyota's going to be I, slow. I go back. Right? Um, I think the front row is going to be William Byron and Tyler Reddick. You know what I'm going to say? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this even though we just definitely not Toyota. I'm I'm gonna go, I'm going to predict Daniel Suarez on the front row. Oh, get out of here! I'm gonna do that's another bold prediction. I'm full of bold predictions. Suarez just, is gonna start second for the 500. You're go just ahead and lock a bucket of bold predictions. Uh, I'm gonna give the poll to Chase Elliott though. Chase Elliott, yeah, that's not, not giving bad. Ryan Blaney the poll because he's gonna win the race. That's not bad. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, anyways, Miller Lite only sponsoring Brad Keselowski one race this year. And to year? me, that's the Coke six hundred. Although I will say that I don't know what it is, but I, I when I think of Brad Keselowski, I think of Miller Lite as his sponsor. Well, when so, you think of the two, you think of Miller Lite, right? So they're still getting it. You know, the people are still thinking that. I guess they don't have to spend as much money in the sport. So uh, or with Penske, but it's like one race, and it's a half. What'd you say? It was a half race car? Yeah. Sponsorship for the Coke six hundred. I mean, it's like. So they're they're done. Are you surprised um, or not surprised by this? Uh, I am surprised that they're kind of like rolling over and saying, "Bush, have at it. This is your series." Um, because um, Bush with Harvick, Bush yeah. Clash. What is it? Isn't it the Bush? Is it the Bush Pole Award? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like so. Miller's kind of kind of rolling over, and I mean, this yeah. happens with Fortune 500 companies. Their marketing dollars go elsewhere, and when they see a sport that you know has been. But the NASCAR's the, on the, the uptick, though. Right, but you, but when you're sitting in a boardroom with all these people that have all these investors yeah. and all these, I mean, you got to show more than oh, we've we've gained a you know, we've gained a couple couple points on the ratings thing. So, 
Um, I'm know, gonna. I'm not surprised. I, but, yeah. I I'm, mean, they're just they're they're moving their money somewhere else. I'm I'm right there with you. I'm not really surprised. It seems like the last few years. I alluded on this earlier when we were just talking at lunch that Miller seems like it's kind of been doing like the Homer Simpson fade into the bush scene the last couple of years with NASCAR just kind of fading back further and but further how many, and further. How many races did they do this past year? I can't remember. I, I, it just seems like whenever I think of the two now, I, I think of Discount Tire and like Rush Truck Center and or maybe not Rush, excuse me, that's Clint Boyer. Penske Trucks. Um, yeah, Penske and like uh, Alliance Truck Parts. I, I don't really think of Miller anymore and that's just because they, it seems like you rarely, I mean, I know Brad won a race with them this past year at uh, at Kansas. M- Miller was on, or were they on the car? No, they weren't on the car. It was yeah. um, some something else, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not really surprised, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know. I mean, it kind of sucks to see, like, a, like, an old sponsorship like that go away, but, you know, I guess it's just... You know NASCAR and the in the new age and the new area era, we're getting a lot of new sponsors and yeah, maybe this is a good opportunity for Pensky for Penske and the two car to acquire well, some and, new sponsors. And I think while we're talking about sponsorships, maybe go into the go into the other two that we were we were um we were talking about there on the bottom of the list. Um, yeah, um, UniFirst has moved from the twenty four to the nine car. Is it, is it Uni or is it UniFirst? Uh, just, I guess it just depends how you say Uni. I say Uni because it's like it's uniforms. So I say uni. You, I don't uniforms. say uniforms. I say uniform. uni first. Uniform. Uniform. You, Whatever. Do you call them uniforms? <laughs> I don't call them uniforms, but I call them uniforms. So I, I don't call them una. I call them uni. So, uh, and, whatever. And they're going, uh, they were with Byron, right? Right, and yeah. And so they're going with Chase, because so Exalta's picked up a bunch of races for Byron. Right, so they're moving to Chase Elliott for a few races in 2020. I know it's the All-Star race that they're on. They're on oh, Vegas. They All-Star it's All-Star Surprise, Vegas in one race early on. It might be Phoenix. Yeah, I wish Hooters would, would get some more races. Um, yeah, that'd be And really I don't know cool. if we ever touched on it, but he's going to be in the black Hooters car this year. Allegedly. Oh, um, have they not officially announced they that? They have not officially announced that, but when Elliot posted his helmets on a story, it was a black yeah, Hooters Yeah, they helmet. better be in the black. So I mean, I mean, I'm in the black Hooters car on NASCAR Heat. Yeah. So I made that car for you, by the way. Um, but the next, uh, speaking of Hendrick Motorsports, the next one, Valvoline will sponsor Alex Bowman for the Daytona 500. Bowman's other sponsors will be Ale- Adams, Polishes, NOCO, yeah, and Truck I Hero, joining Bowman for 26 races as the 88 sponsor, which is really the pay- same paint scheme, but it'll rotate between Allen, Polishes, NOCO, and, and Truck and Hero. I, I can guarantee you that that's not as much money as, as any of the no. other sponsors are, are, are giving. Um, you know, they, they just need something on that car i mean obviously it's not they're not just giving it away but um you know they have a business dealing with hendrick um for something else so um i'm sure they're getting a discount rate for this to make sure there's there's something on on the quarter panel because yeah i mean he's this we're here we are i mean they just announced this and it's 26 races that alex bowman didn't have a sponsor for going into uh, Two weeks before the daytona 500 yeah that's crazy i mean talk about deals coming together late i can't imagine what it's like to be in the uh, the main offices of a cup team nowadays compared to years ago when you had your sponsor for the whole year, that was it. I mean, you didn't have to go out and try to fight for all yeah. these different companies and who's going to sponsor what races and blah, blah, blah. I'm piecing all this together to, to, to get the bottom line. Cause you got to get that magic number and they're just not, the sports gotten so expensive. Right. I mean, it's just nice sweat. I mean, a sweat sponsorship an for an entire season 20 years ago is probably like not even five races now. Yeah. Well, money's definitely changed over the years. That's There's no uh, no secret to that. Um, 
But the stage is in 2020. We'll be more split into thirds with the final stage just being a tad bit longer. For instance, the Daytona and 500 will be 65, 65, and 70. And I think I read that halfway is now going to be a, the race is official. Yeah, see, I don't... I was getting confused reading all that yesterday because some races after the second stage were official, but in some series that after the second race, they, second stage, they still not be might not be halfway. So it just it's it's confusing. Please explain it to me. I'm I'm confused. Yeah, I mean, I I, I am a fan of shorter stages. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan of more stages and shorter stages. I mean, if your whole goal is to have people trying to race throughout the race. I'm a fan of I'm a fan of like 40 lap stages. That's what I, I'm really. I mean, um, so you think we should split it into four? I mean, at least. I mean, I'm at least. I, I mean, because you, God, well, yeah. I mean, this man wants eight well, stage races. 500 lap race. That's yeah. gonna be more than. That's gonna be like 10 stages. Right. Um, that'd be like I don't know, but I'm a fa- I am a fan of shorter stages. Um, which I, I'm not opposed to like two short stages to start the race and then one really long stage to end the race. I'm not opposed to that. Uh, although I wouldn't be opposed to like a long stage to begin the race and then two really short stages to end the race. Um, but I think, I think stages. So, you know, you talk about like a 200 lap race at like Michigan or something. So you've got, um, you've got maybe a hundred and hundred and twenty laps is stage one and then you've got two forty lap stages to end it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess this is good. Um, I mean, I don't think it, I don't. I don't know. That well, it, I, I, mean, I don't you, know that it. I mean, it doesn't really change the lap count no. that much, does it? It's like five no. laps or something. Something like that. I don't know. I mean, um, we'll have to. We'll definitely have to see this year. NASCAR says they're gonna. They're gonna tinker and see whether they want to add another stage after. They, like they, and they talked about that 20, doing four 20. stages like they do in the Coke Six Hundred. Yeah, which would be huge in my opinion. For drivers, because I mean that's a that's a lot that's ten more points, but at stake that you know you you can lose a lot of points in a race if you don't get stage points, and and the people you're racing get stage points every stage for three stages before the finish. Right. Also, I think it will kind of help the drivers a little bit because if you make a mistake like speed on pit road and you're not able to get stage points in the second stage, you can kind of rebound and get stage points in three of the four stages, or you know I, I think it can help you in. In some ways, but it can definitely hurt you as well. Um, so that'll be interesting. I don't think it'll, it'll be one of those things where you really make a difference sitting at a race, um, or maybe even really not even watching on TV. But um, should be interesting to to see. That was a uh, that was definitely an interesting announcement this year. Um, one thing I'm excited for: reports say that NASCAR is still a heav- or Nashville is still a heavy contender to pop up in the Cup schedule in 2021. Um, I'm excited for this. I really hope Nashville gets a mm-hmm. gets a weekend Absolutely. or two in in 2021 schedule. Right. I mean two. I mean right. yeah. I mean. And NASCAR executives say that they're aiming for the 2021 schedule to be released around April. So that, yeah, and that's that's not far it's away. Right around the so, corner. And there's been, I mean, there's pretty tight. I mean, there's been no, you know, yeah, we hear about Nashville, we hear about a street course or something, but they're very very tight on exactly where they're going with this. Right. So I think it's going to be, and I may be wrong because we've had this happen before where we believe, you know, this is going to change everything. And then it comes in. It's like, well, this really isn't that big of a change. I am feeling like it's going to be one of those 
wow moments when they announce the schedule. I think it's potentially going to be a, they're going to, it's going to be like this huge event and it's, it's going to be a huge moment. Maybe wrong. I don't know. Right. But, uh, well, I mean, I guess we've hit on every point. We're, we're kind of not used to this. We've had a, we've had some guests for the last few weeks, so we're kind of two man in it, um, today. But I guess my last question to you is what are you looking forward to eat down in Daytona this year? I'm looking forward to Zoe's Kitchen. I mean, I'm on my healthy see, food grind. Oh my gosh! Um, Definitely know, no more Joe's Crab Shack. I don't know for some reason. Today, no steakhouses. Timothy likes to go to the steakhouse where they damn near just knock the horns off his ass and put it on his plate and he eats it. That's not true at with all. Some, with some fries and some ketchup. I eat salad. <laughs> they knock the horns off. An outback him. salad. I'm, I'm, you know, wherever. <laughs> if there's an outback near our house. Then I'll be getting takeout out. That's right. You We're staying at a house. You, want, you, so you can get takeout. You know what we should do? Like Saturday night, I, I have a feeling we're going to be drained, and I'm obviously not going to want to be out late because we. Gotta, well, we got to figure. I mean, we should. Like, we should door dash. We should door dash. Well, Friday we can hit the beach. And I mean, I'm always feeling race. like we don't even come back Monday. We come back Tuesday. I mean, that might that might be the move, especially yeah, if I Kyle mean, wins. Right. I'm feeling like we don't come back. We come back Tuesday. If Kyle wins. We're club hopping Sunday night because I mean. It's only appropriate. I just hope you're not like like literally. I had to feel your heart when the race was over because you were so dead in the car. Well, I can assure um, you, I'm not getting be... our sickness out now before yeah, Daytona. I, I can assure you, um, I assure you, I will not be in that condition. Which is why I'm saying I want a more fulfilling Daytona experience this year because I, I really only feel like I've experienced like. So one... what is a Daytona? What is a more fulfilling Daytona experience? All th- all... I mean, we're going to the Xfinity race. Right. That's new. I want to um, hit. I want to hit the beach. I do too. I wanna. I want a go kart race for sure. Um, we, Xfinity race, flea market. There's this huge flea market we want to go. Xfinity to. race, flea market. Um, obviously the 500. I mean that's there's, exciting. There's, itself. I gotta go to a North Face. Outlets, yeah. I mean just as much stuff we can do in Florida. I mean we're only in Florida once a year, so it's like you know make the best of it. Last year I spent it in a hotel bed puking in the toilet. So but that's not gonna happen this year. We're, oh man. I know. I know that's not gonna happen this year. I'm gonna manifest a great time you're, for us. You're driving the first. Five hours, First which I'm excited and about. And I'm going to read, read and, my Gibbs you book. Know, um, we are going to be documenting the whole trip on Instagram. Obviously, our story like we did last time. You're going to be vlogging. I'm going to be vlogging, there. yeah. So that's, an, uh, that's another thing. I was going to hit on that next episode. Um, but, you know, since you mentioned it, I guess I'll say it now. The vlogs will return. Uh, Daytona, they're not – I know a lot of vlogs I've done have kind of been separate. Uh, this is just going to be one big vlog. Um so Friday, it's Saturday, gonna Sunday. It's going to be a long vlog, too. It's, it's going to be a long one. Yeah, it's going to be a long one. Probably at least a 20-minute vlog. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Um, or maybe a little bit less, just depending on what I choose to film and stuff. So definitely on, be on the lookout for that. I'm excited to, to film again. I've felt kind of creative, <laughs> I felt kind of creatively burnt out over the, last, uh, over the last couple months. And there's really not much to film where we live. I mean, we don't live in a big city or anything. But, uh, you know, so... Um, Definitely looking forward to a good old time. Good old time. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's here. We got a lot and, to do in a weekend. Um, so, you know, programming note, I assume uh, look, podcast is going to be what? Maybe Tuesday next week? Um, let's... We can. No, it's probably going to be Wednesday next week. Um, actually, we can we can do it during the day on on Tuesday. No, actually, we'll, we'll do it on Wednesday. It'll yeah, make so, it easier. So podcast will be Wednesday next week. Podcast yep. will be Wednesday the week after that, before Daytona. Um. Yeah, because I'll be in, in Chicago flying back on Tuesday night. Wait, why is it Wednesday next week? 
Well, I believe you have a dentist appointment on Monday, oh, and then I you do. have a radio show to do on Tuesday. So, yeah. right? They're Am putting right? they're putting my veneers in on so Monday. So we're kind of doing. <laughs> <laughs> they're drilling my teeth to my head. So, so you people who don't like me out there on this show, y'all can't punch them out. They're gonna be drilled drilled into my head. Just so kidding. We, I'm, I'm kidding. We are kind of doing Wednesdays here. We've been doing Wednesdays for a couple weeks. Yeah. We're gonna do Wednesdays, Wednesdays. Well, and, and Wednesday and, it'll be Wednesday until after the second race of the season. Yeah, so it's gonna be Wednesday. Gonna be don't be Wednesday. Gonna be Wednesday. Race gets crazy. Race gets closer, and we'll start talking. I gotta yeah. get my complete you know, complete thing. But yeah, so um, so we're gonna be Wednesdays up until uh, uh, you know the Las Vegas race, right? And then we'll be back to Mondays. Yeah, so. Um, which is which is fine. Um, obviously, we'll be coming back from Daytona, so that's exciting. And uh, shout out to uh, uh, Darian and the NASCAR Weekly Podcast Group. They're getting ready to start their season. Yeah, about, premiere, to, about uh, to kick off their podcast. Uh, their podcast here in a little bit uh, with uh, somebody we uh, you know uh, an alum of for the lead, Bob Levine. Bob Levine. Shout out so. to his dot car spec guys. I know you guys are listening. Appreciate all the love on social media. Can't wait to give you guys a podcast to listen. And uh, yeah. Whoop, there it is, and whoop, here we go. And uh, we're going to head off here and race Sonoma. I may just get into my, my vintage NASCAR gear for the Sonoma race. I mean, what the hell? Why not? But right. uh, anyways, that's going to do it for this episode, Season 2, Episode 4. Um, appreciate you guys listening. If you stayed for the full podcast, appreciate you bearing with me through the uh, emotional first part of the podcast. Um, like I said, our, our deepest condolences go out to all the families affected by Sunday's tragedy. And... Um, you know, we hope you guys are um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And if you're if you're struggling, you're hurting. I hope this episode was uh, able to bring a little bit of joy to you. We definitely appreciate each and every one of you listening every single week, and um, the support we get from you guys is unbelievable. At the track, out in public, um, or even just listening and on social media, we appreciate all you guys. And uh, with that, we'll see you next week. Yeah. So crash trouble. <laughs>